Welcome to Joyfully Queer, a podcast dedicated to celebrating the vibrant colors of our community and the strength and resilience that lies at the heart of it all. I'm your host, Bethany, your guide to all things queer and joyful. I'm an activist, an artist, an interfaith spirituality and wellness coach, and a proud member of the LGBTQ community. Here at Joyfully Queer, we are exploring the beauty of our lives and identities. We're here to be a reminder that our joy is powerful, resilient, and absolutely worth celebrating. From the smallest victories to the grandest of achievements, we're diving deep into the moments that make our souls sing. We're here to have fun, explore the fullness of our stories, and celebrate the impact that being free to live our most authentic lives has, both in our community and in the world. We'll be chatting with incredible guests, exploring personal narratives, and unpacking the things that makes the queer experience special. So whether you're a member of the LGBTQ community or an ally, Joyfully Queer is the place for you. So let's get started. Welcome, listeners, to a brand new segment of our podcast. This part of the show will be a time to celebrate moments that sparkle with positivity, warmth, maybe even a touch of magic. Each episode, I want to feature a short story or topic that reminds us all that even in the midst of life's challenges, there's always a glimmer of joy. I'm going to share this week, but I would love to feature some of your glimmers. So please feel free to write me and let me know what makes you smile. Now, if you've never heard of a glimmer before, uh, it's basically the opposite of a trigger. It's a small moment that can help us to calm our central nervous system, relax, and feel happy, content, or joyful. A glimmer can be something as simple as petting a dog or seeing a rainbow. It's just a little something that reminds you that life is good and there's beauty all around us. A few weeks ago, my wife and I went for a fancy dinner to celebrate our anniversary, and we were very pleasantly surprised to see another queer couple two tables over who were also celebrating their anniversary. And I realized that I get so much joy out of just encountering other LGBTQ folks out in the world. You know, it's great to go to Pride or to a queer event and see other folks who look like you and understand you and are part of your community. That's a really special thing. And I try to do that as much as I can. But When you're just out in the world and you see someone else like you, there's something really special about that. It helps me feel a little less alone, like I have community around me. It helps give me courage to be more visible and to be more authentically me. And when you live in a more remote area like I do, there are 
are less opportunities to interact with other queer folks. You know, I grew up in Michigan and then lived in Kansas City. And in both of those places, I had a pretty thriving queer community around me. But um, here in New Mexico, we don't have an LGBTQ center where I live. There isn't a gay bar or anything like that. So if we do want to go to um, a queer event or, you know, just hang out at a queer bar or something like that, we have to either go an hour into Texas to El Paso, where there are a couple good options, or, um, you know, if we want to stay in New Mexico, we're looking at a three-hour drive to go to Albuquerque. That's just not something that we can do regularly. Uh, so I definitely don't take any interaction with another queer person for granted anymore. And I will take any sightings out in the wild that I can of other people living their full, authentic truth. Today, I want to talk about the joy that we can find in coming out and sharing our authentic truth with our loved ones. Coming out is the process of sharing a deeply personal aspect of your identity with others and hoping that they will receive that truth with care, compassion, and acceptance. As I welcome more people on the podcast to have conversations about what brings them queer joy, I think we're going to hear a lot of different coming out stories. So I thought I would take the opportunity to uh, do an episode where I share a little bit of my coming out story with you. So I was raised in a Christian family, and I didn't have a lot of exposure to the LGBTQ plus community when I was a kid. My parents divorced when I was a baby. And when I was at my mom's house, we didn't really talk about the LGBTQ plus community at all. My mom had had gay friends growing up and had some queer family members. So even though we were in a pretty conservative church and homeschool group, she wasn't hung up on the belief that being gay was a sin. We just never really talked about it. My dad was the opposite. He was very conservative Christian and also pretty anti-gay. He actually drove as his personal vehicle a big van that had Bible verses and sayings written all over it in big block letters. Things like God made Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve, or quotes from some of the clobber verses, which are verses in the Bible that are often used to discriminate against the LGBTQ plus community. And so growing up, I never really imagine my life being any different from the families that I saw around me. I didn't really know that there were options other than what I saw as the quote unquote normal family with a mom and a dad and a couple of kiddos. I don't think I even really knew what being gay was until I was in middle school. But from context clues that I gleaned from interactions with my dad, riding in his van, going to his church, seeing the books on his bookshelf, I knew that it was wrong. I I knew that it was considered a sin, right? 
I think that I started to grasp what being gay actually was when I was about 12. My mom had just left my stepdad. And along with that was starting to find a lot of freedom outside of Christianity. And that gave us kids a lot of freedom to meet people who were different than the folks we grew up with in church and from being homeschooled. Uh, Along with the divorce, I transitioned from being homeschooled to going to a public school. So my friend group became a lot more diverse. I became really good friends with a Muslim boy who had just moved to the U.S. from Bangladesh. I was also a theater nerd. And I started doing theater with community groups where I met queer folks and saw happy gay people living their best lives. So I really started to question things like I have friends of different faiths now. How could a loving God send these beautiful people to hell because they don't believe what I believe? And that questioning branched out to include the gay people that I met. They were some of the kindest, most generous, creative, loving, joyful people that I had ever met. And it just seemed impossible to me that these folks could be something that was dangerous or sinful. And then in high school, my friends started coming out. My understanding of who I was and what I wanted in life began to grow as I encountered more and more diversity. I went on a couple of dates with boys and I did not have a good time. Uh, my first kiss was with a boy and I just remember thinking, oh my God, why do people like this? It's so gross. <laughs> so When I was like 15 or 16, I started to realize that maybe I was attracted to women. I saw some queer relationships on TV, uh, like Willow and Tara on Buffy the Vampire Slayer, um, and in movies like But I'm a Cheerleader. And I realized that I, I really resonated with those relationships. And so when I was about 16, I came out first to my mom, who was not surprised at all, um, but was very affirming. And then I told some close friends and then I ended up posting it on my Zanga for the rest of my friends to read. Zanga was like uh, the grandmother of Facebook. (laughs) If anyone listening to this remembers what Zanga was or had one, I would love if you left me a comment on my socials. (laughs) Anyway, within a few months, I had told most of the people that I knew would support me. And I pretty quickly became known as one of the queer kids in my small town high school, which wasn't, you know, the best experience, but I responded by starting my high school GSA and working towards getting some resources in our school library for LGBTQ plus students. But I didn't tell everybody. In fact, the last significant person I told was my dad. And that was about seven or eight years after I first came out. I didn't feel safe coming out to him. In fact, when I was in high school, 
I was pretty sure that if I did come out to him, we would no longer have a relationship because I had, I had had a few contentious moments with him when I told him I had gay friends and that I didn't want to ride around in his van anymore. Um, and I didn't want to risk going into an even worse situation. So I kept one foot in the closet for several years. I finally decided to come out to him when I got accepted to go on this thing called the equality ride. And now what the equality ride was, was basically um, about 20 young queer folks and allies who got onto a bus in Philadelphia and zigzagged across the country until we reached San Francisco. And along the way, we visited Christian colleges and churches, and we talked about the Bible and clobber verses and the LGBTQ plus community. We did a lot of trainings like LGBTQ 101 stuff. Um, we, we visited colleges that had policies that allowed them to discriminate against LGBTQ students in really abusive ways. And so we advocated for those students. We helped them establish support groups find resources and connect with community, things like that. I had to go through a very extensive interview process to be selected to be one of the people on the 2012 Equality Ride because it was a pretty big endeavor. My dad was very plugged into evangelical circles and stayed connected with conservative Christian news sources. And I thought that there was probably a decent chance that as we visited some of these groups, they might send out some sort of a newsletter with pictures in it, or they might send out news articles that we were featured in, or maybe he would just see us on the news, which he watched every night. I didn't know how widespread some of the content would be and if he would see it or not. And so I just decided that I would rather he hear it from me then find out by seeing a news clip or seeing me in an article from a prejudiced source. And so when I went to my dad's house for Christmas Eve in 2011, I decided I was going to tell him. Both my brother and my sister were there, so I wasn't alone, which was really important for me. I wanted to know that I had support. Um, and I had already come out to both my sister and my brother a few years before that. And they knew that I was thinking about coming out to our dad. And I geared myself up for it for a few weeks. I told some of my friends, I think I'm going to do it when I go visit my dad for Christmas. I don't know how it's going to go. Um, and then throughout the weekend, I was texting people like, oh, my God, I think I'm going to do it. I, I don't know what's going to happen. And I was just really trying to figure out the best way to bring it up. And it ended up coming up pretty naturally, actually. We were sitting in the living room and the news came on and it was a story about the fight for same-sex marriage. And he made a comment about being against same-sex marriage. And, and I said, why does this matter to you? You're not impacted by this. Why do you care if someone else is able to get married? And he was like, well, we're just going to have to agree to disagree on this. 
And he got up and he walked into the kitchen to finish cleaning up after dinner. And I was like, okay, it's time. I've got to go do this now. So I followed him into the kitchen and I said, dad, we can't just agree to disagree on this because I'm gay and this impacts me. And he took a second. I I don't know if he had had suspicions before this or not, uh, but I don't think that he had ever expected me to come out to him. So he took a second and, and then he said, well, you know, that doesn't change my beliefs about this. You know what I believe? And this doesn't change that. And I said, okay. And he said, but I love you. You're my daughter and I'll always love you no matter what. And then I left to drive back home and I was like shaking from the adrenaline that had been building up all weekend. And I felt simultaneously so relieved and so amped up all at the same time. And I remember I pulled over into the parking lot of a McDonald's and I texted my friends that I had done it, that I had come out, that it had gone okay. And I just kind of sat in my car and soaked in that moment. And I remember just feeling so relieved that I didn't have to worry anymore. I didn't have to block him from posts on social media anymore. I didn't have to watch what I said around him. I could tell him if I was dating somebody. I was finally free to just be me. And he came a really long way. You know, my dad died in 2018. um, And By the time he passed, um, he had gotten to a place where we talked about my relationship with my fiance. He would um, call and ask me how she was doing. They never got to meet, which um, I'm I'm still really sad about. But he went from someone who I thought I would probably never have a relationship with once I came out to... um, someone that I think would have come to my wedding and would have supported my family. And I never would have known that if I didn't come out to him. You know, you you never really stop coming out to people. I mean, I came out to a new hairdresser like just a couple of weeks ago. But for me, coming out to my dad was the moment when I was no longer in the closet. I closed that closet door and I walked away. And I will never forget how good that felt, how free I felt. Coming out can feel so vulnerable, but it's also so brave. It's an intentional decision to step into the light, to own your truth, to be seen and heard in a way that goes beyond societal expectations. At its core, coming out is an affirmation of our right to exist authentically. It's a celebration of our love, resilience, and the unwavering strength required to share the most authentic parts of ourselves with the world. In the end, coming out is a journey of self-love, a declaration that our identity is a gift meant to be shared, celebrated, and embraced, not only by ourselves, but by the world around us. Coming out can be really liberating. Studies have shown that coming out improves mental health and wellness in queer folks. 
It increases our self-acceptance and self-esteem, and it helps create a more accepting and diverse world. So to anyone out there who is navigating their own coming out process, I want to offer a few words from the heart. First, I truly believe that coming out is a powerful and amazing step in a queer person's life. It's something that can lead to so much joy and authentic happiness, right? But everyone's situation is different and not everyone has the privilege to come out to the people around them. Sometimes we need to make decisions to keep ourselves safe and safety can be more important than trying to be open and honest with someone who is just not going to honor your truth and who might be dangerous. So I want to encourage you, you know your situation better than anyone else does, and you get to make the decisions that are right for you. But just know that if you do decide to come out, there is a whole world out here waiting for you. Hopefully, whoever you come out to will embrace you with open arms and will be so affirming because that's what you deserve. But I also want you to know that you can choose to surround yourself with people who celebrate with you and love you for who you are. And my hope is that through this podcast, we can build a community like that. We can build a group of people that supports and loves and celebrates each other. And so if you want to be a part of that, I really hope that you'll join me. And you can do this um, by following me on the socials and commenting Um, sending me an email. We can get you on the podcast if you want to have a conversation with me on the podcast. And hopefully we'll be creating um, opportunities for connection in the new year. But just know that you are loved and you are so beautiful and your identity is so special and you are not alone. And we'll see you next time. If you liked this episode and want to help the Joyfully Queer community grow, there are a few things you can do. Please make sure you like, subscribe, and leave a positive review for Joyfully Queer on your favorite podcasting site. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook at Joyfully Queer and on Instagram at Joyfully Queer Podcast. I truly want this podcast to represent our community. So if you would like to be a guest on the show, or if you have a topic that you think would make a great episode, please email me at joyfullyqueerpod at gmail.com. Until next time, this is your host, Bethany, wishing you a queer-tastic day.